Well, thank you so much to all of those who have helped with our worship service, for Chris Shockey, who was our liturgist this morning, um, for uh, Gary Brubaker, who puts our music together so wonderfully, um, for our praise team, who are, offer our music leadership, um, for our greeters and ushers and liturgists in our in-person worship services, thank you so much. Now, if you are looking for a place to volunteer and you'd like to be a greeter or an usher or a liturgist for, um, for any of our services, you can contact the church office to sign up. Uh, we have spots available and we'd love to have you um, to share your t gifts and times and talents as well. Well, this morning, um, we are closing out our series on joy. And, you know, it's, um, it's been a challenging time. You know, I think that's, um, that might be the understatement of like the century. I don't know. But it's been a challenge. And, um, and in the midst of the challenges that we've all experienced in varying ways, it would be very easy to, um, to fall into despair or to choose fear or cynicism. And it may just be hard um, to, to see joy. But does that mean that it's, it's not there? So what is joy? How do we experience it? So we've talked about true joy, obstacles to joy, and this morning we'll close with characteristics to joy. So would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, um, in his book, You're a Miracle, Mike McHarg, or sometimes he's called Science Mike, um, he talks about this study that was done. And in the study, people were invited into a room with some magnetic poetry. You know, the, the poetry where there's like words on a magnet and you like move them around. Um, they were given these words um, with magnetic po poetry to create a poem and then leave. Now, the purpose of this study, like you can probably imagine, there's lots of uh, purposes that could be, but the purpose of this study was actually to see how quickly people left the room after they created their poetry. So when words like leisurely or slowly or despairing or sloth were used, people left the room slower. And when words like upbeat or quickly or hopeful were used, people left the room quicker. I mean, isn't it interesting how we're influenced by what's around us? Something as simple as a word. I um, attended a conference online recently um, where photographer and artist Jeremy Cowart gave a talk and he said um, in his life, he was in a place that he was really uninspired and quite negative. And when he thought about what was happening and what was going on, he realized that he met with a group of friends weekly. And um, when they met together, all they did about com was complain. They complained about their jobs. They complained about their kids. They complained about their spouses. They complained about everything. 
And so um, as he was in the season, he thought, I need to make some changes. And so he stopped meeting with them because all he felt like he was doing was just sopping up the negative energy and discovered that it did indeed change his whole outlook and his life. And he started creating what he called better art. And he said that he, he saw one of them recently and um, his friend said, well, I guess you only hang out with cool people now. And at first, Jeremy said, you know, I felt kind of bad that it felt like I had abandoned my friend. And then I realized, kind of. And he said, I want to be around people who make me feel better about myself, better about my work, better about life. Isn't it interesting that we're influenced by what's around us? Sometimes it's the company we keep. Several years ago, I was at a charity event with a friend. It was called 50 Men Who Cook. And um, uh, 50 men cook. And then you go around and you sample everything. You know, this was in the before times. Um, and so uh, we had a system worked out where uh, one of us saved a table and the other one went around and collected food um, as many, you know, as much as your hands could carry. Um, and so I was sitting at the table waiting for my friend to come back. And um, there were a couple other women who were sitting there. Um, and one of them was talking to the other. And for this woman who was talking, I mean, everything out of her mouth was a criticism or a complaint. I mean, she told her friend, um, she told her friend, the clothes that you're wearing aren't very flattering, you know that? And she talked about how her mother-in-law was evil and the devil and, um, and how she hated her. And then she went into detail about everything that her mother-in-law had ever done wrong throughout her whole relationship with her husband. And then she turned to uh, talking about her husband and she talked about how stupid he was and why he was so lucky that he had her. Um, and then she talked about all the food that they were eating and, and with every dish she said, well, I could have cooked this better and explained how she would have cooked it better. And then um, she talked about the cost of the event and why does a charity need so much money anyway? I mean, it was a lot. And I, I mean, I, I feel like it went on for like three hours. And then finally she, you know, uh, asked her friend, she was like, oh, how are you? And her friend said, oh, I can't complain. <laughs> no. I mean, what do you say? Like, anyway, what do you say next? Um, so this woman says, oh, I can't complain. And her friend goes, oh, me either. Are you kidding me? Like every other word out of your mouth, with, mouth was a complaint. I mean, come on. Like, do you know people like that? Be honest. Do you know people like that? All right, be even more honest. Are you people like that? I mean, probably a lot of us won't admit to being those kind of people. And maybe sometimes we are. Maybe it's for a moment or a season or... Isn't it interesting how we're influenced by what's around us?
Now, why, you know, this conversation with this woman about complaining, why, why is this so annoying? Or, or sitting around with, with a group of friends and complaining about everything. Why is this something that influences us so much or, or a word? I mean, maybe you've listened to this and you've been on the receiving end. And, and maybe this is just the way of looking at the world. I mean, when a person is complaining all of the time or, or negative or sometimes just hurt, it also may be a, a reflection of how they view their existence. I mean, when you find yourself with nothing larger to give yourself to, all you're left with is making a big deal out of things that maybe they're not a big deal. And how you spend your energy affects you. I think sometimes, especially now, we all, we all want to be right. I mean, right? Nobody likes to be wrong. I mean, you don't like to hear those words, do you? I mean, who likes to hear, hey, you're wrong? We don't like it. And yet, right now, it feels like we're all trying to prove who's righter or who's wronger. What if that's not our job? What if our job isn't to prove how right we are and how wrong somebody else is? But what if our job is actually just to have right relationships with ourselves, with each other, and with all of creation? Decide now that you will not spend your precious energy speculating about how someone else's life compares to yours. How are you spending your energy? How are you looking at the world and how are you stewarding that energy? Isn't it interesting how that influences how we see the world around us? Because what you see is what you're going to get. If you are looking for danger, you're going to find it. If you're looking for bad things to happen, you will find them. If you're looking for people to betray you, you'll find them. And those things may happen if you're not looking. But if you are, you'll find them. I mean, you know, if you're followed by a police officer for a couple of miles, you'll probably end up doing something that you shouldn't. Maybe speed a little, make a wrong turn. What are you looking for? And isn't it interesting how we're influenced by how we see the world around us? And what if we take that energy and flip it, looking for the helpers, for the happy moments, for friends? I mean, if you're going to find danger around every corner, couldn't you also find a friend around every corner? From the beginning of the Bible, the book of Genesis, we're called stewards of creation. And oftentimes that's used to remind us of how to care for creation. And that's true, not to abuse or to use it up, but to actually care for what God has created. And remember also, you are a creation of God.
So how are you stewarding yourself? How are you using your energy? In the book, The Book of Joy, um, it's by the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu, and they talk about how to create lasting happiness in a changing world. And they identify eight characteristics of joy, four qualities of the mind, perspective, humility, humor, and acceptance, four qualities of the heart, forgiveness, gratitude, compassion, and generosity. And in Galatians, Paul describes the gifts of the Spirit, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I think there's quite a bit of overlap there. So these characteristics, perspective, to see wider and to see beyond ourselves. I mean, when someone does something in traffic, do you think, what a jerk? Or do you think, oh, I wonder what emergency could have happened that they are acting that way right now? Or I wonder if they got a terrible diagnosis. especially seeing beyond yourself and not placing yourself in the center of the narrative, but to know that it's bigger. Humility. You are a human being talking and interacting with other human beings. No better, no worse. Everyone is a child of God created in the image of God. And I think we could do better by remembering that a whole lot. Humor, not taking ourselves so seriously. Laugh a little at yourself. Acceptance, which is the opposite of resignation and defeat. The Dalai Lama says, acceptance allows us to engage with life on its own terms rather than rail against the fact that life is not as if we would imagine. Acceptance. Forgiveness. Freeing ourselves from our past. Archbishop Bishop Desmond Tutu says, without forgiveness, we remain tethered to the person who harmed us. We are bound to the chains of bitterness, tied together, trapped. Unless we can forgive the person who harmed us, that person will hold the keys to our happiness. That person will be our jailer. When we forgive, we take back control of our own fate and our feelings. We become our own liberator. Forgiveness. Gratitude. Recognizing all that has made us and all that is possible to have the life that we're experiencing. Be thankful. Compassion literally means suffering alongside or suffering with. Out of concern of seeing another suffering and wanting to relieve that suffering, that's compassion. Generosity, making someone else happy. 
Now, did you notice in these characteristics how many of them are not focused on ourselves, but actually focused on others? And we are the most joyful when we focus on others and not ourselves. The fastest way to experience joy is by bringing it to others. Compassion, suffering alongside, to sit with someone else in their pain or to help relieve their suffering. Humility and humor both share the same root, humus, also shared with humanity. All of these things are connected. Perspective, not putting yourself at the center of the narrative, but placing yourself in the wider story. We are the most joyful when we focus on others and not ourselves. Martin Luther King Jr. said, we must learn to live together as sisters and brothers, or we will perish together as fools. As Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because the truth is, we can't flourish without each other. We really just can't even survive without each other, which means we don't have joy without each other. There's an African concept called Ubuntu, and it means a person is a person through other persons. We are bound together. We have a shared humanity together. Love one another. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus said, love one another just as I have loved you, so you should love one another. Live together as sisters and brothers, or we will perish together as fools. When we don't care for one another, we deny the image of God in us, and we deny the image of God in others. And the only way to say that is that sin. It's sin. And we have sinned and fallen short of the goodness of God. And repentance is when we realize we've done wrong and we're going to try and do better. And we can and do choose to do better all of the time. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. I mean, have you ever cared for someone else and felt like you got more out of it than the other person? We are most joyful when we focus on others and not ourselves. You may be the miracle that someone has prayed for. You may not even know it. Sometimes at the moment that we think that we are being the most caring, we've also been cared for. How are you spending your energy? And isn't it interesting how we're influenced by what's around us? If you can be anything in this world, be kind. We are all going through something. Sometimes a little bit of kindness can go a really long way. 
What if instead of assuming the worst about the person who is next to us, who has annoyed us, what if we thought about the best of them? What if we thought, I wonder if they're having a bad day too. I wonder if they're scared. Sometimes a little kindness can go a long way. And it doesn't mean that you have to ignore bad behavior. Sometimes there are things that do need to be dealt with in love. Everyone is going through something and something, sometimes what's bothering them has nothing to do with you. And sometimes maybe they need to be reminded that they are a child of God created in the image of God and they're not alone. If you can be anything in this world, be kind. Glennon Doyle, who is an author and a speaker, she says, be brave because you're a child of God. Be kind because everyone else is too. What you give your energy to is how you understand your worth. And isn't it interesting how these things influence us? Look for love. Look for peace. Look for hope. Look for joy. Perspective, humility, humor, acceptance, forgiveness, gratitude, compassion, generosity. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Be brave. Be kind. Choose joy. Amen.